I'm Preacher Paul, and this is the Magic in the Attic podcast. First thing I need you to do, whatever your deepest burning question is, what you want us to address the most, I want you to type it out with your little fingers into an email. Send that to us at magicintheatticpodcast at gmail.com. Also, holler at us on the Twitters at Magic in the Attic. And after you've done that, listen to this wonderful episode in which we discuss negative income tax, Mitch McConnell blocking everybody's $2,000 checks. Where's my money, Mitch? Uh, talk about whether California and New York are driving right-wingers out and our goals and resolutions for 2021. That all included in the magic in the attic. Keep tuning into the magic. The magic in the attic is back at it again. You just chill into the rhythm and then the comes in. So you said he was choking on noodles specifically? I mean, I'm a, I don't know what he was choking on. We're at an Italian restaurant. I guess it could have been anything, but a spaghetti. Whatever it was. To me, it seems yeah, hard to choke sudden, on noodles. The, like his and and then his his girlfriend or his wife or whatever was just like, oh, I don't even know what I was gonna do. I was just in shock. Like she was just like, I wasn't gonna sit. I wasn't gonna do anything. I was gonna watch you die. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So are you more shocked? Good to know who's there for you. And that could be the that could be the reaction. Like if you you're like such in shock that you like don't know where to go. I don't know. So were you more well, shocked? Well, then afterwards, the guy was like, the guy was like, I could still breathe. I was just super uncomfortable because it was like caught. So he was probably gonna be huh. fine anyway. But that's an know. important trust question to ask your spouse. Is if I were choking to death. Would you actually perform the Heimlich maneuver on me, or would you just be in shock and watch me die? So, were you more shocked at the I people am. standing up and clapping for the guy, or that that they did it successfully, or that he was even choking in the first place? I was most shocked when, like, <clears throat> three minutes later, my wife hollers across the room to the girl. She's like, "That was so awesome!" <laughs> like, I was like, "What? <laughs> what? Stop!" <laughs> Yes. She's like, you're yes. like, let's get another round of applause going. Yeah. And then I was like, like 10 minutes later, I was like, should I just pretend I'm choking right now? <laughs> <laughs> it would be even Double more pin. awesome a second time. For the, um, <laughs> you know what's better than saving All right. life? Saving two lives. Yeah. It's like the one time I do. One time a dude had a uh, red beard and I, former. Uh, colleague of R. the R. pod. May, may uh, he rest in peace. We witnessed a dude having a heart attack next to us while we were eating. And then, dude, I, then he was just like, this. then he was just like, uh, yeah, I can't finish my meal anymore. <laughs> like the rest of us just kept eating and, and, uh, red beard was just like, I, I can't do anything anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> what? That's crazy. But I mean, I, like, I, I mean, I guess maybe Redbeard's a better, better man than me. But I feel like if I were hungry, and I saw somebody have a heart attack, and the food's still in front of me, I'm probably gonna eat. You know, the, I mean, it's not the best circumstances, but this is the same restaurant hungry, where the, you're the very next time we went in, there was a bat flying around the restaurant, and they took like the uh, <laughs> wet sign, like. Uh, slippery when wet, 
and smashed it and and it just you know it was dead on the spot and scooped it and put it outside what that's, that's the least sanitary thing i've ever heard about a restaurant that seems like that should happen in china yeah that's it was how, a chinese that's pretty restaurant sure that's how that's how covid started <laughs> we just found the origin we the, the, it, magic in the attic exclusive we have we are breaking news we figured out how the covid started all right i'm preacher paul and this is the magic in the attic we're talking about uh squashing bats we're also talking about um rivalries we got some uh current events questions um we got a few things that i want to hit today but to begin with, we had an interesting top five, which is not, it's maybe the most open-ended top five we've had so far, which is top five rivalries. And it doesn't just have to be sports rivalries. That's my understanding anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought we could do any rivalries whatsoever. So like anything at all. So I, I, I will, I'll hold some of my ideas back and let, um, uh, we'll let Piano Man go first this week. All right, cool. Yo, 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 here's my intro. No, <laughs> Every week with this. <laughs> so my number five is Celtics versus Lakers, but really like Bird versus Magic. When I think of the rivalry, that's what I think of. They just met a lot. Okay. And I feel like that's what kind of put the NBA. That was like the new era of the NBA right there. Uh, Bird, Magic, Lakers, Celtics. Although Celtics had been good, they had they had been good. Both of those teams had been good a long time before that. But yeah, that's what I think of. All right, number four. They were both great at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And well, it's cool because they also met in the national championship in college, right? So it was just like destiny. Yeah the the entire decade of the '80s had either the Lakers or the Celtics every single year. Kind of crazy. All right, my number four, Republicans versus Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest rivalry. Uh, I don't think that needs any explanation. I just feel like they go through phases wh- where they just cannot get along and they just hate each other, which makes a great rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> so, much that it ruins a, so much that it ruins a certain country. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. Any until any until such time as, as the libertarian uprising happens. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, my number three was Apple versus Windows. I feel like it was in the same same vein as the previous, but just the way Apple started. Don't they say it was stolen or whatever from whatever? But uh, I don't know the whole backstory. But I just feel like Apple and Windows people always debating it. All right, number two, Alabama versus Auburn. When I think of college football, that is like the most epic rivalry, except for my number one, just because there's, it's just cooler is Army versus Navy because it's like our country, and they have the cool tradition after the game where the other one sings to the other person's fight song. They just got a bunch of cool stuff. So that's my top five. Nice. Word. So your number one was one where they sing the other one's song. So that's yeah, so it's, an interesting it's like a rivalry, rivalry, but it's 
but they all know they're on the same team, so it's cool. Right, it's a camaraderie thing because the military, but it's it's interesting. It's the least spiteful of all the rivalries because you're number one. That's very good natured, piano man. Um, let's go to JBM next. What do you got? Okay, number five, Pacino versus Nicholson in the 70s led to so many great movies and great acting performances. Um, and a lot of bad ones, too. I mean, there was some, there was some extra. There was some pork. Well, they had a, um, they had a rivalry? I mean, I would. I feel like they still do. They they were both nominated for best actor, like what three or four years in a row or something. Like probably, it was pretty wild. I think they were from like seventy, seventy to seventy five or something like that. They were both nominated like every. It was crazy, but either way, it was just fun because it gave us a lot of good content. Um, Halo versus Call of Duty. Um, I have nice. always fallen on the Halo side of this, but the less it has brought a lot of joy to a lot of people playing in all kinds of LAN parties. Number three, the only sports one I included, Brady versus Manning, because it led to so much fun Facebook arguing and Twitter arguing and in-person arguing and a lot of really good football games between two really, really good quarterbacks. Uh, number two. Dare we say great. Dare we say great. Dare we. Uh, number two, America versus America, the 2020 version. Um, in particular, because it's, it's, it's just insane. I don't know. The battle of the suck. madness versus reason. Please uh, tell me number Amer- one is Reynolds versus Reynolds. The, the Wait, you said America versus America? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wait, I don't get Basically it. Basically the same thing as like mask versus not mask. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily that, but I don't know. The COVIDiots versus just normal people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and number one. Science versus religion versus history. I guess they all kind of come into play there. I like how JBM made his list like rivalries that aren't like like accepted rivalries between the two, but really more like between like factions of belief. <laughs> yeah, because like the Brady and Manning are versus friends. the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what the Halo versus Call friends. of Duty like, is a rivalry. I don't is know. It? I, is it? It's wait, more are, like, wait, hold do up. you like Back playing this one or do you Were you just saying Brady and Manning being friends means they weren't a rivalry? <laughs> yeah, that one was well, a rivalry. Just, of all the ones to pick out, that one really was. the worst one. <laughs> I don't know. I just mean like, I guess the way I took my rivalries was like pettiness. <laughs> right. All right. Let's mm. go to, to Midnight Mark. Let's hear your top five. I don't know. So I chose like. When I was thinking rivalries, I was thinking like people that like were personal rivals of each other. So my number five, and I, I literally just I, I looked up like really petty, you know, ridiculous things where people just hated each other, right? So my number five is The Rock versus Vin Diesel. Because these guys are in one of the biggest like action movie franchises and they refuse to be on set with each other. 
and they go on Twitter and they call each other like names constantly. <laughs> and one of the things in the rocks clause to continue to be in the fast and furious movies is that he doesn't have to be around Vin Diesel unless they're shooting scenes together. And he literally made a spinoff of fast and furious to show Vin Diesel that he could be better than him. <laughs> so I was like, that's really, I didn't pain. even know that was uh, a rivalry, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, uh, Michael Jackson versus Prince. So Michael Jackson used to go to Prince concerts to steal his stuff. Like he's like, oh, he does this really, really well. So I'm going to get it better Then like Thriller outsold 1999. And so Prince literally refused to be off, be in. We are the world because he was like, no, I hate you. And like, they just, this is why Prince ruled. Prince was yeah, so awesome. Yeah, man. and then and then like uh, oh, and then Michael Jackson wanted him to be in the bad music video, and Prince said no. So Prince made a music video of him playing a guitar solo in what looks like someone named Michael Jackson. So it's it's really funny. Uh, so they were super petty against each other. Uh, number two, Michael Jordan versus Isaiah Thomas. Dude wouldn't even let him be on the dream team because he hated him so much. Like Isaiah Thomas took potentially a title away from Jordan. Like Jordan had six, but like he just held it against him for so long that he was better than him for two years. I don't know. Just kind of funny. Um, I number, mean, Isaiah Thomas, two. to be fair, completely dominated Michael Jordan. No, he did, but that's what I'm saying. I know. I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like their rivalry was like super one-sided. And once Michael Jordan got to be better than Isaiah Thomas, he just like made it known, <laughs> you know, to the point where literally mm-hmm. couldn't even be on the dream team and like Christian Leitner was. So there you have it. Um, uh, number two is uh, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali. Uh, Joe Frazier has literally come out and said during the thrill in Manila, uh, he tried to kill Muhammad Ali. He was like, if I killed him in the ring, then like I never have to fight him again. Uh, uh, like years later, like 20 years later, when Muhammad Ali got to carry the torch, Joe Frazier was like, that should have been me. Just really petty. Um, but like it's considered to be the greatest boxing rivalry of all time. But they also just hated each other. Um, and my number one, the USA versus R- USSR. I mean, the USA literally made up going to the moon so we could show how better we are than them. <laughs> so, like, they had Stanley Kubrick, like, film the moon landing. Like, I mean, we literally did all this random stuff, like, just to flex on the USSR uh, over the course of, like, two decades. Um, like, I mean, we didn't even need to go to the moon, but we did because, like, Screw you, USSR. <laughs> so that's my five. No Man, one's tr- been back since. We showed them. I tried to come up with so <laughs> many USA USA versus another country, but I couldn't nail it down. I almost said USA versus versus Great Britain. Oh, I guess Paul or uh, preacher Paul can still go. So I'll let him do his. Oh well, maybe I don't know. maybe I, he has a gonna, USA on there. I was just gonna take a few that you guys hadn't said already. I was gonna do uh, Biggie versus Tupac. All right, that was number five. Number four, Louisville versus Kentucky. They literally got each other killed. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the ultimate rivalry. Uh, Louisville versus Kentucky, which we all grew up with, but that is a blood feud. People from other states understand. Yeah, I okay. I'll I'll share. uh, I did not grow up with that. So I I didn't grow up with that either. 
I didn't grow up with that either. But um, so in Indiana, Indiana pretends that they have this big rivalry with Kentucky. Then I moved to Kentucky and realized Kentucky like likes to play Indiana, but it's nothing compared to the Louisville game. So myself and Midnight Mark went to the Sweet 16 in 2014, I think it was, right? Yeah. I think it was 2014. And uh, the first game was Michigan versus Tennessee, which is two big schools, but primarily football schools. Great game. Wonderful game. Michigan ended up winning. Yeah. Then there was like this like half hour thing in between where they were shuffling all the UK and Louisville people in. Dude. I felt like I was in a different building by the time that game started. Like, it was rocking. It was intense. It was a whole different thing. And that also ended up being a very great game that Kentucky ended up winning. Yeah. But I felt well, it. We were both I never happy. really knew we, we before both, that. But I we were both happy it. that night. We were both happy that night. And two days later, one of us was happy. And then one of us had oh. diarrhea in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Now we're going way inside baseball. Okay, so my number three, and I can't, I really cannot believe you guys didn't have this, which was the man who is still our president, Donald John Trump versus Hillary Rodham Clinton, the all-time greatest presidential uh, election rivalry. Um, like and definitely the, election, the pettiest and most have... bitter in our lifetimes anyway. Didn't I actually think Trump versus the media is name? probably better. Maybe so. What? Didn't before one that L? election Trump or Hillary only had one L? Yes. I don't know. the second L. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is, um, That's why Piano Man believes in simulation with. theory. Word. I can neither confirm nor deny, <laughs> although I can't confirm. <laughs> 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 That's my favorite piano man sentence. I can neither confirm nor deny, although I can confirm. Um, number two, uh, I had uh, Kermit versus Miss Piggy, the ultimate <laughs> sexual tension. I mean, they want it, what? they don't want it. You don't know. It's it it's it it's the ultimate sort of rivalry. And then, uh, and then number one, I had uh, well, I had several ideas for number one, but finally went with. Um, with uh, number one, Mike Does that Tyson mean there's a versus. Does that mean there's a rivalry My... between me and your mom? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. I, I didn't have anything for that. You totally ruined the rhythm of my top five. You know I mean? uh, yeah, yeah. The rivalry, the rivalry between Walker and I mean. <laughs> The rivalry between Piano Man and all the moms of the world are strong. Uh, for my number one spot, I had Mike Tyson versus Ears, which I thought was very clever. <laughs> nice. Mike Tyson never never beat the Ear Man. 0-3. But he beat the Ear. <laughs> he, he did do that. The, phys- the physical Ear. Yeah. So... Um, Next, we okay. So I uh, okay. So what should I do here? Um, I think I'm gonna save the tax policy related question for third because I don't want to make people snore right away. I think we should do this. Uh, a couple of, of um, well, here's a uh, current event story. So uh, Mitch McConnell kept everybody from getting two thousand dollars. 
this week. And uh, uh, and Bernie was going to filibuster the defense budget tomorrow. Um, I don't know if that's still going to happen. But I, I was basically asking, all right, we're all ideologically uh, – this is a question from me, all right? This is a rare thing. Um, but since you guys were weak on questions this week, I'm pitching it. So we're all ideologically uh, what you'd call um, right lower quadrant or liberal libertarian uh, open financial or economic policy. But and so of course we all think that the uh, I, I'm assuming we all think that the expansion of the of the of the uh, deficit is uh, a terrible thing. But if that's happening, what's the deal about giving everybody their two thousand dollars? Like I, I mean I guess it doesn't hurt Mitch McConnell at all to do this because he just got reelected. But to me anyway, um, it it seems like from a from a pragmatic standpoint. Uh, I appreciate Rand Paul trying to stand on principle, but um, I also see the Trump perspective of like give people their money. Go ahead, uh, Midnight Mark. He's got a burning opinion. I can. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think that this thing is ridiculous, but I totally and one hundred percent. Now, whether or not he actually means it is another thing. But like Trump's stance, that is. If we're going to pass this much money in relief, give it to America. Don't give it to Sudan and Pakistan and all this other stuff. I saw something. It was like, what yeah, is that it was like? America until it wasn't. Yeah. Well, America is getting like yeah. $124 billion and not America is getting the other 700 something. Yeah. Like, it's, but see, that was part of the defense budget, which is what Bernie's going to filibuster tomorrow. If well, and uh, that's what everybody is. Lives, but, yeah. Everybody's getting all up in arms, like, "Oh, Mitch McConnell just blocked two thousand dollars," but it's like because what Democrats wanted is Democrats wanted to give the other country uh, what they wanted was pass the bill to give all the other countries all this money, and then give America two thousand dollars, right? Which it, it's like no. Uh, well, that, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of money want. that's they going wanted... that's staying. They, I see what you're saying, Midnight Mark, is that a lot of this money that's all getting packaged together is going outside the U.S. But there is also a lot of it that's being wasted inside the U.S. as well. And I think that was really the main concern. I mean, the foreign but, aid is a problem, and Trump did bring that up. But I think the biggest problem is. Um, all of the money that gets funneled to these little special interest projects that have to populate the thousands of pages of this bill. But honestly, I, but I mean, I'm they're fine. not going to get I'm rid fine. of it. My point is I'm fine with it. Like, or I'm not fine with it, but like, if it's going to happen, I'm fine with like petty stuff in America rather than petty stuff in not America. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's I mean, dumb. The, but if we're gonna put, yeah. if we, your question was, if we're going to do this anyway, if we're going to spend this money anyway, what am what what am I cool with? I'm cool with right. that money to going me, back the, to America. To me, Mitch McConnell blocking it. The only message he is sending to the average person in Kentucky is like, I don't care what happens to you. Now this this other money that's going to all these other every Isn't senator's the same special message project. He's been sending for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah no, I mean he it's yes. not it's not unusual for him, but um, you know it's um, yeah I just think it's it's weird that he keeps getting away with that. Um, 
I mean, it's not weird given I'm gonna that, s- the, the way the system works, but it's it's a flagrant example of like politicians being completely um, insulated from normal what you would think would be normal repercussions for those sort of decisions. I'm just gonna say yes. If we're know, gonna maybe... spend this money any if if we're gonna spend this money anyway, just give it to us. You see what I'm saying? Because like it's just yeah. Uh... I, I it's ridiculous. It's dumb. What, what was his re- did he ever give a reason as to why he blocked it? Uh, I did not watch his his uh, full remarks, Mitch. Um, but I, I believe mean, it was uh, I, it, I believe it was the same old same old excuse that is if we add more money to the stimulus then that's more money coming out of the taxes. Like that's his excuse. What taxes? Like that don't go exactly. to the politician. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, that's I mean, like, I, I, ex- I, listen, the Fed's just yeah. been printing up money. I mean, it's all garbage. Why? Let's just do it forever. I mean, solve everyone's problems and just print money and give it to people. I mean, I don't see the big deal. I'm just kidding. Money obviously, yeah. there's a huge deal there. No, I, mean, I don't get why Rand Paul is the only person is the only person in the entire Congress that like is outspoken against this kind of stuff. I mean, I could be wrong about that, yeah. but he's like the only senator no. I see that actually is outspokenly. Every time no, they try to the do anything, like, he actually says well, it. Well, like, Ted Cruz fronts so he can try and run for president. Well, but, Rand Paul yet, literally Rand Paul is the only one bill to audit the Fed every single year. It gets shot down, but he does it every year. So, I mean. Yeah. He is uh, carrying on the legacy of his daddy. Daddy Ronnie. Um, um so here's my thought i mean just i thought this the first time the first stimulus package why can we not take a moment and say okay who actually needs the money because like literally half of the country never stopped working right yeah like half the country was able to just work from home they never missed a beat never missed a paycheck like how about this? I'm okay with saying, hey, we're going to give you five grand a piece, but we're only going to give it to the people who actually like need it. Like It's right. really stupid that they're sending $2,000 or 600 or well, whatever number they end up with to people who literally don't need the money. I don't need the money. Cared about, under, if they actually cared about all people, of us, they just... All of us are still working. We don't need no money. Isn't it under 75000 if you made less than seventy-five thousand dollars in twenty nineteen, if you made more than seventy-five thousand dollars in twenty nineteen, you don't get it. Then it's less. Pretty sure. Yeah. What if you What if you made a hundred and fifty? Is it less? I thought it was nothing. For the first. What if you made one hundred and fifty grand last year? And then basing you lost it on basing it on last year, basing it on last year makes no sense because you could have done very well last year and then lost your job exactly. this year. Well, it's because yeah, exactly. the taxes have been filed. It's be it's because the taxes have been filed. Yeah. So like. They they have, yeah. have to. Go I mean, I know actually they, originally it was based on 2018 because 2019 taxes didn't even have to be filed until like August. Well, that Remember? was for the first. So it was one, based yes, on two which years is why ago. Every, well, so the first one was based on that, which is why everybody got something. But this one, if you made more than seventy five thousand dollars in 2019, you get zero. Like, yeah, okay. Hmm. We'll see how this plays out. I mean, that's just what it says. That's if they actually cared about people, they'd they'd stop locking down the whole economy and just open it up and let people work so that they can make money. Yeah, but that's a different issue. I mean, yeah, truth 
tr truthfully, this whole thing is an abomination. I don't think anyone right? disagrees with that we're, here. We're, yeah, but but I mean, I, I'm just saying if if like we accept the axiom that this is just what the two parties are gonna do, um, I'm like, if that's the case, then why not give the people who are going to vote for you their money? Now I do appreciate Rand Paul being like, I do not support this on a train, on a bus or on a plane or, you know, like, I like his yeah. consistency and I wish more politicians yeah, were like that, but because they're not, um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to understand Mitch McConnell holding up their money. Go ahead, JBM. Well, well, that's what I was going to say real quick, just to answer your actual question. Like, if, if we're already to the point that we've approved all this other crap and all the pork and then literally all they're voting on today is, hey, should we give Americans more money or not? And all the Republicans said no. It just feels like Republicans don't want to win. Like, no one watched that and was like, yeah. oh, this is great. <laughs> like, it was mm. just stupid. Yeah, my whole right. problem with it is, where well, do that... you stop? Because then they say, well, you gave me $2,000, but... Next time I went three thousand. Like what? Like where does it stop? Yeah, there's when gonna be. Say there, no? there, there will, there there will necessarily also, be another stimulus package from the Biden administration that is bigger than this one. There has to be, um, so he can. Yeah, but here's my question. Credit for. Okay, so let's say yeah, it I really is do believe 2, it's 000. it's a political ploy. Say it's two thousand. Okay, so you got $3,200 for being out of work for 10 months? Thanks. <laughs> like, yeah. what good is that doing anybody? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I really uh, yeah, do a lot think, of, I really do yeah. think a, a lot of this is Democrats like, they know, man. They know the game. They understand that, like, it looks bad on Twitter and Facebook when you say no to giving people more money. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just their... Like, that's their thing. Especially like, when most people have woken up to the fact that the government is the problem, right? So it's like the government caused this problem, and now the government won't even compensate me for the the truck they've driven through my livelihood. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But I we mean, won't the elect the guy that has been telling us this for a decade. No one will, like you said, because he has yeah. bushy hair and beady eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think the 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 Rand Paul haircut is really mostly what's working. <laughs> with them. All right, so I we have a a question that maybe kind of dovetails well into this, and this is from JBM. So JBM had a question after he JBM has been on a reading binge these days. He just read uh, Milton Freeman, Free to Choose, and uh, he has a question about negative income tax. Could negative income tax solve all of our problems and i'm going to let him give some context on this okay so this is this is more of like as it stands right like i don't know the negative income tax is a great plan to start out from but based on where we are at currently um so the concept of negative income tax is this basically so uh, i don't know what the poverty line is right now i think i looked it up earlier it's like twenty four thousand dollars or something so the concept of negative income tax is actually something similar to what I've, I've discussed this with uh, Piano Man before, and I couldn't figure out how to make it work without it causing problems. But I, I had floated the idea to the effect of, what if instead of the welfare we currently do, what if you had to earn your welfare? 
what if you had to you had to have a job you had to you know be under a certain body fat content and all these different things and you know we poked a lot of holes in that but milton friedman in the 60s started floating this idea of a negative income tax that kind of does that so let's say the again i don't know what it is but let's say the poverty line is twenty four thousand dollars so you go and you get a job at mcdonald's and you're making like 19 grand a year so now instead of the government pulling money out of your paycheck they're going to top you off and make sure you hit twenty four thousand dollars you're actually going to make more money because you have a job the government's going to say hey look we know this isn't you know the job you necessarily want or the income you necessarily want but because you're trying we're going to make sure you're at least to this level um which is i think is really interesting so the way so the, con- the way it works is into ubi a little bit it's kind of a backdoor to it but you're earning it instead of just being handed it yeah. you have to actually go work right and so the yeah. basically it how it works is and so. the way the way he tied it in was also along with um he had a whole plan for how you eliminate social security and how you know you can kind of ease into that too but basically you take the top tiered taxes again I don't think this is the ideal system because I don't think there should be nearly as many taxes as we have. But you take the top tier taxes and instead of just taking it and the government going and doing whatever they're doing with it, you actually help the people at the bottom. And what it does ultimately is right now we have this window of income in our society where if you may, if you started getting a job, you would make less money than if you just lived off the government, which obviously is not good for society. It's not good for families. It's not good for people because there's no incentive to do better. And the way the negative income tax works is there's literally always an incentive for you to advance because you will actually always earn more money. And I find this very interesting. And I want to know what you guys think as far as could this solve a lot of the problems that we currently have. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I do have some issues with it as far as um you know would there have to be minimums on the amount of hours worked would there be still a minimum wage and like and do you effectively give an in i, I kind of like having a negative income tax that's kind of flat across anyone below the poverty line it doesn't necessarily just bring you to that to that minimum point if that makes sense but yeah that, I can see that based on the amount of hours worked, then you get, you know, a rebate or, or you get an additional uh, fee for your amount of hours worked. Because I'm just imagining a scenario where somebody works 40 hours and somebody else works 50 hours a week, but they both get paid the same amount because the government just bumps them to a certain level, which that kind of incentivizes people. Well. Right. Right. And well, and, and that may be more of how it works. I'm just kind of generally throwing out the proposal. But yeah, I'm a fan of it. Obviously, sure. yeah, well, pe- people would have to work actually, on it I'm, to, I'm, to make it work. I'm glad you said that because that was what I was going to say. Like, all right. So if you brought them up to 24, again, just the hypothetical number, then like, why wouldn't I just go get a job and make like $10,000, go home and, you know, play video games all day, go work two days a week and then get bumped up to 24,000 and then my buddy who's 
killing himself is at twenty three thousand and only gets a thousand dollars. You see what I'm saying? Then that well, deal incentivizes that guy. Job. That that's kind of a given. Oh well, okay, but anyways, like you, you see what I'm saying? Like I I think Piano Man has it right. Like if you you can't have that big of a gap. You know what I'm saying? And I do think that that could eliminate the minimum wage. Like that's a good idea because again, minimum wage is stupid. Like, I don't know why we argue about this. Like you should just get paid what you're worth. And if you're not willing to work for that much money, like don't go work there. You know what I mean? And if you're McDonald's or you're wherever, you don't have to pay people seven fifty. pay them 12 bucks if you want to. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the other argument I don't understand when people are mad about minimum wage. Like, I don't know, whatever. doesn't matter. But I do think I really, that could solve I really think it's funny when, when people – I really think it's funny when people try to like um, turn wait, waiters and waitresses into victims and they're like, they need to be making minimum wage. And I'm like, talk to waiters and waitresses and the last thing they want is to make minimum wage. Uh, and nobody wants to make minimum wage. It's stupid. But even like – You they can make say, so much money in tips. Yeah. I don't want to make this a minimum wage argument. But then people are like, yeah. oh, $15 an hour will solve the problem. I'm like, you're not going to solve any problem because in five years no. you're going to need more money. Yeah, right. well, min- minimum wage. The the reason the real reason minimum wage is is silly, is because it makes an employer say, okay, is it worth it for me to pay someone, you know, seven dollars and fifty cents an hour? And if they say no, that means like, basically your argument is that it's better for the person that would have been hired to make like five dollars an hour. It's better for them not to have a job at all than to yep. be making five dollars an hour, and that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that but I mean, I we're... see, I see this, I see this in my job all the time. Like, you know, I, people who do different things to get on Medicaid. You know what I mean? Or they, or or to to retain their subsidy level from the government. And I do think that this is a, a good idea because. At the moment as it stands, people will do what they can to stay in poverty because then their standard of living is actually better. You know, they get free medical, they get free food, they get, you know, now is it great? Not necessarily, but it is, you know, if you make, I see it all the time. Somebody says, hey, I went to the social security office and applied for a subsidy level and I work in Medicare, so with older people, and they say, I can't get extra help because I make a hundred dollars too much. Right. So these people are actively trying to get below that extra hundred rather right. than be incentivized to make more or to have more. So I like it. Well, and the other concept behind all this was like, he went into this whole thing about how I don't even know what the numbers are now. The numbers for 1979 were astronomical at the number of welfare programs that were created post uh, Woodrow Wilson and post uh, FDR like it just exploded yeah. and his whole concept was there needs to be one system there is one welfare system that does all of the things and also what it does not only does it help us balance the tax situation you have to in, the government would have to employ significantly less people to run the system which also helps yeah. balance our, our budget which clearly we don't care about anymore uh, the, the right. Republicans only seem to care about the 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 deficit when a, a Democrat is president, but, um, well, okay. But anyway. So, I mean, but just to, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily, <clears throat> that these are necessarily my beliefs, 
But I think that some people in the liberty movement might come at Milton Freeman and say, um, this is all interesting theory, but it would require the state to actually impose this upon itself. And so I'm talking specifically about people f like f more toward anarchism on the right wing side of things. And uh, the argument would be that um, the state is never going to limit its power by consolidating all these welfare programs into one. Even it, even if it would do that, the welfare is still a problem on a moral level to a lot of these people. But but the the but practically speaking, I it's a, see it does I do think it's a fair critique that it does seem a little bit far fetched that this would ever get implemented because everyone would be hurt by it. Or at least all the current politicians would be. Well, so back then it was actually like floated. Like it was out there. Actually, yeah. as wild as this sounds, Ronald Reagan fully endorsed Free to Choose and Milton Friedman. He said this is an important book and everyone needs to read it. Which is which is crazy because it, it was that, you know, mainstream. Um, you know, there was a lot yeah. of things. And I'll probably bring some of them up in, in later podcasts. But... There's just a lot. I mean, literally everything the government just turns to crap. And to to your point, yes, the the idea that the government's going to give up power but is the state. Asinine, the state got. But, uh, yeah, I mean Reagan. Reagan put forward Milton the free to choose and Milton Freeman, but the state got bigger than ever under Reagan, though. So I mean. So so it does make sense that it would never happen, but at the same time, all it requires is really good leadership for it to happen, and we just don't ever have that. Yeah, when in the history of ever has that ever happened? I mean, I guess but, yeah. we could argue Reagan, right? Maybe, but like I said, the state still got bigger. So can can yeah. can even one leader stop it? I mean, I don't. know. I think so. Yeah. I mean, y'all think president. about it. No, I'm just kidding. Think about think about what something Ronald Reagan did. Ronald Reagan just one day was like, "Okay, I fire every air traffic controller." Like he, I mean, can you imagine them even doing something remotely like that now? They get killed. But he did it, and everything was fine. It worked itself out. Like, I don't know. Uh, we just have to have somebody who has a vision and is going to aim for that vision, whereas Trump had a vision of Trump and people right. loving Trump. And uh, Obama I'll similarly. But I'll start my campaign right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I, I do this is not related to anything but I do just want to say on the podcast on whatever platform that I have if Trump does not pardon Assange and Snowden and and Ross uh, Ulbricht, Ulbricht however you say his last name he and, is uh, what's that guy's name shoot he, everybody he Our if buddy. he does not pardon <laughs> yeah there you go I can't think of his name if he if he doesn't pardon everyone Blake he possibly can Respect. I don't even I, yeah if he doesn't pardon everybody that he can um I don't I just don't understand that I mean I think it's uh, despicable and he's a loser if he doesn't do that <laughs> like he um, has shown yeah. that by caving on this deal you know he, yeah, no, he, I, I saw, yeah, I, uh, I saw yeah. a report I saw a report today that like Trump is considering releasing the Biden file should he do it and I was like yeah he should have done it in October what, what are you doing like this yeah. is just stupid I, I really am coming to believe that there is there's never been anything behind the curtain with Trump. Like, um, I mean, if he doesn't pardon these people, that'll be the last display of that. Like, it, because there's no he doesn't stand to lose anything by doing it. 
Um, so it, I don't know what it means that he wouldn't do it, but <laughs> it means he's not, um, not who we thought he was. Anyway, that wasn't a subject. That was just a weird little mini rant I went on. But we have um, another uh, question that Midnight Mark asked, which was, uh, well, are, sta- are blue states like California and New York intentionally driving right-wingers out? So um, the, I think uh, this comes on the heels of today, this Southern California. This is a piano man question. No, this was a Midnight Mark question. Um, Are you sure? Oh. No, it wasn't for me. I think no. it was. Man. <laughs> it was. It was Piano Man. Sorry, I got it mixed up. Just, I was like, wow, uh, did we both ask the same question? No, my bad. My bad. <laughs> it was Piano Man. But uh, I think this comes on the heels of uh, Southern California today announced that um, they were going to be locked down indefinitely. Which my response was like, oh, as opposed to how they've been locked down since March. <laughs> like, it seems like they've been locked down indefinitely for quite a while. But um, I, I do think it's an interesting question, though, because I know as somebody who is um, in the political minority in, in California, it's extremely frustrating um, to have the terms of your life dictated to you by uh, that greasy hair and grease ball. Um, <laughs> and, you know, trying not to, trying not to let, let the terms of my life be dictated as much as is possible, but um, it's just kind of a crappy situation. Um, so I, I, I do, I don't know. I'll let you guys go before I give my opinion, but piano man, what's your context to give on this or thoughts? Well, anyway. I did ask it through the lens of, uh, Republican and Democrat, but that's not really, you know, oh, really, I guess what I'm trying to ask, I was trying to get down to the reason why these states are imposing these ridiculous sanctions. I've been listening to Joe Rogan recently. and had like restauranteurs on and all this stuff, just talking about the ridiculous regulations in California and New York. And it's like intentionally pushing them out. And like he's into comedy, right? And comedians are trying to find a way to move away. And, I've even, I even saw a chart today I thought was interesting of the state population inflows and outflows. And the, the bottom five states are New York, Illinois, California, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, which are all Democratic-led. And then you have Texas, Florida, Arizona, North Carolina, and Georgia as the five fastest-growing states, which are, I believe, all led by Republican governors, but I could be wrong about that. Um I just thought it was interesting, like, are, are these states intentionally trying to push people out to, I mean, these are super democratic areas. Uh, I, I don't know. I was just trying to find a reason as to why these people are pushing them out. And do you think there is a reason, you know, if at all, if they even are pushing them? Yeah, out? I mean, I, I, I genuinely believe that there are, that like, that the whole, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's no cult of like liberals or Democrats that they get together at conventions and say, okay, you guys need to move to Texas now. But I do think like even liberals understand that like the places that they live, the places that they live suck. So they look at other states that are doing well, like Texas and they're like, Oh, we're going to move there. But, but, we're not going to give any credit to the success 
of this place to the Republican Party ever. So we're going to vote blue. So it's like you move to a state, you vote blue, that state turns into the garbage that you just left, and now the people want to leave again. And I, I just think, I, I think there is sort of a, a thought, a, a, an idea, a thought process that is, oh well, California, you know, we're we we can do what we want because we're going to win, however we want, right? And and politics have become so much more on moral politics. They just have. I I would venture to right. say there are very few people who are Democrats or Republicans based on true political reasons. If you ask people who are Republicans, do you want the government to give you more money on this stimulus package? Most of them are like, yes. Do you want the government to right now? I think there's, there's some polls out there that say like 70% of Americans are cool with like, you a healthcare free healthcare now, like free. But you you know what I mean because that's what the media does. The media is like free healthcare, free school, free 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 free. free. So like, people, there is no such but, thing as free lunch. Yeah, but if you ask them, like the only reason why anyone's Republican anymore is because of abortion. Like that's a huge, and I think that was a question I asked one time, uh, Paul, that we didn't use was it, it, people. If you ask them why are you a Christian? Or, or why are you a, a, a Republican? And they're like, well, are Republicans stand terms? stand for more like <laughs> yeah, Republi- Republicans stand white, for more <laughs> exactly. Well, but that's the thing. Like, people do. It's it's like JBM has been saying. Democrats and Republicans from political policy are exactly the same now. They both vote for the same reason. They both just dump money wherever they want to dump. There is no such thing as fiscal conservatism anymore. There's only, are you pro-choice or are you pro-life? And that's pretty much the only dividing factor these days. Are you yeah. pro-Trump, the, the most pro-choice uh, funding in the history of the United States of America? Yeah, but no one will ever admit that. Like, But you see what I mean? So, yes. I JBM, think that- I'm getting this huge like anti-Trump flavor from you today. What in the world is going on? Oh, I well, it's been, been a disappointing few weeks. <laughs> Look, people. when, 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 all right. So I know this isn't a side, but when Trump initially was like, no, I'm not signing this stupid bill. I was like, all right, this is my guy. Like I can, I was already wavering a little bit on Trump, but I was like, Hey, this is what's up. And then when he caved like three days later, nah, that ain't it. It was the weakest move that, that hurt my soul. It was literally just, uh, I can't, I have no control anymore anyway, so might as well. Yeah, well, it was was funny, because when he gave that speech, I was like, that speech was pretty awesome. But then I, like, there was a little voice in the back of my head that was like, whoa, I wonder if he's going to cave on this, though. Because, like, I think maybe he doesn't realize that he doesn't have the power anymore. And then that's exactly what But he would have. That would have been his legacy. I mean, honestly, he could have been like, hey, I'll ride this thing out to the 20th. I don't care. We're paying yeah. the people or we're not. Yeah, and no, I don't, he didn't have to How can anyone it. be mad at that? He wanted to give yeah. them more than was in the bill. Anyway. Well, right. to go back we'll to, to, go go back to kind of what Piano Man was saying, like I had a conversation with a guy who is a, a lefty from Texas on the internet a couple weeks ago. And I, and he was talking – or this was – or not a couple weeks ago. This was like during the election. And I was like, 
do you seriously, you live in Texas. I'm like, do you want to move? And he was like, well, I mean, I don't like a lot of the people here, but like, I like my job and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do you really, are, do you really think that turning your state blue is going to make your quality of life better? Like, why do you think all these people from California are moving to your state run by Republicans? Like, you hate Republicans so much that you literally want to enact the same policies that these people are running from just because you're a Democrat. And he like he had literally no reply to it. Basically like, oh no, it has nothing to do with their policy. It's all because the people in Texas are hardworking. I'm like, what? So that's so to answer your question there. They're hardworking because they have to be or else they don't eat. Exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, to answer your question, man, it's I mean, a really, weird thing I really, about I really being do. human really that think, they've figured out. Yeah, I really do think <laughs> California and these blue states have made up their mind that they're going to be blue no matter what. So they're going to do whatever they can to just enforce their policy. And if people leave, they leave and they're going to stay blue. Who cares? Yeah. Whereas, whereas Republicans and red states have to play defense. They have to now do stupid things to keep people there. So, yeah. I, I, I yeah. Think, yeah. I mean, I do think there's some of that. I think there are some people leaving these blue states that are still blue voters that don't make the connection between the leaders and the policies that they don't like. But I, I but I, I don't I think that's kind of like the exception. I think most of these people are the disgruntled, you know, California or New York or Illinois uh, used to be Republicans, but now are fed up with the whole thing and they want to leave and go somewhere where they can be free, which I think is why Texas is going so big because I think Texas, more than any other state, has this culture of freedom and individualism. Um, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of the other states we mentioned um, do as well, but uh, Texas particularly has this sort of size to it that makes it sort of a country to, its, to itself. Yeah, and um, Texas and Florida were like way outpacing the others um and, and texas more than florida even yeah uh, well and florida is a huge cultural center too i mean miami is is huge um yeah go ahead well, well what's also interesting about all these places is not only are they republican-led allegedly i don't know if some of these people are actually republicans but um they're also much warmer with the exception of the california situation they're much warmer places um, yeah. but, and, and I'm not sure, maybe I'm wrong. I think what midnight Mark brought up is, is an interesting thing to bring up, but I'm not sure if that was the spirit of the question. It felt like the spirit of the question was, are they trying to drive out Republicans? Are they trying to drive yeah. out right wing people and get rid of them? Cause, um, yeah. Cause I think a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the blue pilled people, the vote, the blue voters are, are totally fine with most of this stuff, even if it's hurting them directly. Like people make excuses for the state all day long about why it's okay. Well, and, and if, to be fair, <clears throat> you know, if you vote blue, you're pretty confident the government's going to figure out a way to step in and take care of you. And to be honest, that's kind of true of the of, of the people who vote red now too. Yeah. Um, but to answer that specific question, I've never really thought of it won. that way. Huh? The left has won. Yeah libertarian uprising it always does though right until it doesn't until it doesn't yeah yeah um but uh i've never really thought of it that way because i've always just felt like man like these people are just power hungry like they want control but thinking about it from that perspective i mean 
I don't know if that's the play or not, but you think about it politically, that's great for them. If they can get more people who vote conservatively to leave Pennsylvania and to leave Michigan and to leave, like, I mean, how many elections are presidential elections, right. which let's be honest, the presidential, the, the, uh, the power that we have given the executive branch is absurd and it's always growing. But how many elections are Republicans going to win if they can't win Pennsylvania and they can't win Michigan? Yeah, they'll, almost they'll, not. They'll never win again if they can't win. They they can't be competitive in those states. I mean, uh, yeah, I I feel like I don't know. I and when we say driving out right right leaning yeah. voters, I feel like um it they don't even you you can imagine them driving everybody out, but they don't have to do that. It's not even that dramatic. It's like if they can get, you know, a, a percent or two of the like red leaning voters to leave the state, that's a huge game changer in a state like Pennsylvania or Michigan, which is close every year anyway. Like if they can if they can consistently hold those Rust Belt states and keep their hold on all the Western states, then the Democrats kind of have a supermajority forever. And if Georgia's in play for them every election. Uh, that's a big problem for Republicans electorally. Well, well, I may not, uh, I may not have answered it specifically, but that's what I kind of meant. Like, I, I don't, I, I think that they do because I think that these Democrat-led states, specifically places like California, know we can pass whatever leftist policy we want because we don't care about the opinions of these other people, and if they leave, fine. Yeah. And if they don't leave, who cares? Because we're gonna win anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, so that was more my, I, I do. And I mean, it's like you talk, you you list if you listen to like conservative talk radio or whatever at all, they all of them, they all consistently say the same thing. You know, listen to Magic can, in the Attic. Does that yeah, count? Yeah, conservatives <laughs> don't. We're care. the new Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, like conservatives don't care to have liberals on their shows. Rest in peace. But liberals will refuse. Still alive, isn't he? Yeah. That's is he? Bad. Yeah. But that, that's not dead yet. Is it's like they, like 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 liberals like kind of openly hate conservatism, whereas they conservative, do? obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, conservatives like they don't like people who are liberals, but like I don't necessarily think it's like it. I don't know. Anyways, no. This is the, but this is the Marianne Williamson thing. Do you guys remember that that vir- that video that went viral of Marianne Williamson, the Democratic candidate, we talking? Just need love. Well, no. It was she was on some show and it was in between a break. It obviously wasn't meant for air, but it was started going around the internet where she was going. Um, conservatives want to talk to me all day. I have all kinds of conservatives that want to talk to me. It's it's lefties that don't want to talk to me because she's taken this position or that position. That's you know, not exactly according to woke ideology, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, welcome to the resistance, Marianne Williamson. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter that you agree with them on like 95% of things, but, um, yeah, I, I the conservatives are willing to have a dialogue with, uh, with other types of people. Well, when I say, I shouldn't say conservatives, that's not what I actually mean. I mean, um, people of the right generally. Conservatism is like a very specific sort of um, hard to pin down thing. Well, this is but, Piano Man's thing. What does he think? Uh, yeah. 
I don't really have a thought on it. I just thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> I just think they're making ridiculous public policy decisions that are going against the data and then claiming that science is the reason they're making these decisions. And then the leaders themselves who enact these decisions are the ones going completely against what they just tell people they need to do. Then they do it themselves. They're complete hypocrites, and they're intentionally doing it. I just don't understand why. Yeah, looking at you, Gavin Newsom. You. All right. Well, can we just intentionally take a moment people. to reflect on the fact that Andrew Cuomo literally wrote a book called American Crisis Leadership Lessons from COVID-19 Pandemic. Michael Malice got paid a thousand dollars to read it. Dude, <laughs> literally Andrew Cuomo did a worse job than anyone and he wrote a freaking book about how great he did. He's the worst. I don't I, I think it is insane. He is worse than Gavin Newsom because at least Gavin Newsom How do you have time to write a book about something that isn't over? That's he weird. didn't write it. That would be like that would be like, it's a that would be like shameless if, cash no, grab. That would seriously be like if Tom Brady like released a book tomorrow that talked about how amazing he was at like winning the Super Bowl at, at Tampa Bay in his first year. <laughs> like now, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like it's so crazy, but like people, it, I mean, it's a New York Times bestseller. Which to be fair, everything is now because you just go out and you buy like a hundred thousand copies of your own book. But like it. It's so insane. This man wrote a book about how well he handled it. And if New York was a country, it would have the worst death rate in the entire world. Like, what did he... I don't even understand. But then he was heralded. I mean, remember, people thought he was going to be the VP. Yeah, they still Because they're like, Andrew Cuomo is amazing. Or something. I don't know. They've. Uh, I haven't been because he Joe gets Biden on six, CNN but... and tells everyone Trump sucks. I don't know. Yeah, people like him because they think of him as like a lovable Italian mobster figure who is, you know. Don't call his brother Fredo. Though. Lovable Italian mobster. They, that's literally how the lefties think of him. They're like, oh, he's this guy. I like his accent. I like the way he speaks. But he, yeah, yeah no, he's terrible. Um, man. And like, I, I don't know if you guys saw a few weeks ago, he had some press conference where he was like berating reporters who were oh, just yeah. asking him like about like when the schools were going to be open. I'm, I'm pretty sure the line of questioning was about like whether the schools would open up the next day. And he was like, got very in the reporter's face and was like, don't ask me these stupid questions. And uh, was uh, telling him to watch his tone and stuff. It was weird. JBM is reading Jurassic Park. He's showing us that uh, he's, he's getting into reading. Jurassic Park's one of his favorite movies, so he's reading the book now. He thinks it's pretty cool. Michael Crichton, he was a All doctor, right. and also he wrote books. Now that he <clears throat> finished Free to Choose, he's been enlightened on how to live life to the fullest. Nice. I already know my next book on political economics. What's that? The New Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's, I got him reading what Michael Malice's book. Michael Malice. Bro, I listened to Michael Malice most recent. I mean, this was like a year and a half ago that he was on Rogan. It's wild. I think he's you're going to love Michael Malice Walker. He's something. Oh, I, listened to, I think I listened to him on Joe Rogan. He is uh, one, of the, one of the people I would describe, one of the few people I would describe as a truly unique political, philosophical thinker. He thinks Milton Friedman did not go far enough. <laughs> Yeah, he is very, nice. he's pretty anti-Milton <laughs> Freeman. Um, but, um, 
So I, the last thing we had was, boys, this is the last episode of the year 2020, the year of our Lord, 2020. We're about to enter into 2021. We got resolutions. We got goals for 2021. What we got, boys? What about Midnight Mark? What you got? Oh, well, that was kind of, I don't know. I didn't have a question, so I thought it would be kind of fun if we are. Because JB has been talking about how he wants to read more. I was thinking about um, last year at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, I'm tired of being like 30 pounds overweight, so I'm going to lose it, and I did. Um, so that was nice. Uh, and I'm like, I need to do something next year. Did you keep it like off? I, yeah, I've only gained like four pounds since I went through the whole thing. So like, yeah, All I right. wanted to get down to 145, and I weighed myself today. I'm like 150. So, I mean – as long as I'm, I mean, I was like almost, I was like almost 180 pounds. Like I'm five, seven. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, it needed to go. Uh, so, um, I, I think for me, like one thing I, I always, you know, the whole, like, oh, you're going to like read your Bible or whatever, but I've never really like read the old Testament by myself, just like sat down and just like read it. And I think with all of the conversations that we have been having on this podcast it's just inspired me to be to like actually know what i'm talking about you know so i think my what i want to do next year is just be less lazy you know it's like stop watching so much tv and doing all this filler stuff and do thing and like sit down and try and better my mind and maybe get outside and you know take my fence down things like that like I just feel like I have <laughs> no. build the fences. <laughs> oh, no. oh well, you haven't seen my fence. It's like missing a lot. I need to take it down. Like my, <laughs> my yard would look better if I didn't have it. Wasn't there some analogy that GK Chesterton had about but yeah. the difference you know, between that, liberals and conservatives was tearing down a fence. That's what <sighs> I have no <laughs> idea, but that's mine. Like I just want to rather than fill, rather than fill my time with like meaningless, like I'm going to finally start maybe waking up earlier i don't know just getting into kind of that routine rather than doing what i've been doing my entire life but Word. then the big thing is is to do like a deep dive into the old testament and like actually read it for myself so what's your actual goal though like that seems broad what's your specific like are you going to read the whole old testament i would like to actually read the entire bible but i want to at least get through the old testament yeah are you going to include the book of enoch I w that would be great if you can get It'll me, make it significantly. If you can get you me, a, I might even live that. I might even read that "Live Not by Lies" book or whatever you want me to read. So I might. It's read pretty that. good. <laughs> um, what about Piano Man resolutions goals? My wife actually asked me this like two days ago, and my answer is always to make sure I don't have New Year's resolutions next year. But then I uh, thought about it, and I think I'm gonna try to write one song every week okay very cool all like right that. what about jbm um two goals well one it's not really a new year's resolution but i'm gonna like tie it into it is that my goal is to read a book every single week um which technically would stop at the like right before thanksgiving would be my 52 books in 52 weeks um but I mean, I might as well just do it for the whole year. My other goal is I would like to shoot 
one round next year under par. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be really, really cool. So, um, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm trying to also get on the reading train, <clears throat> trying to read more regularly, make, make time for it, watch less stuff, put less garbage in my head and do more active learning. So I'm with JBM on that one. I'm also resolving, I think, to um, – not I think, I am. Uh, I'm going to write a thousand words that do not have to do with my work uh, every day. So a thousand words of like fiction or whatever I'm working on writing. So um, a that's day? Not, you write a thousand a day? Dang. I mean, uh, just for I mean, that, that's not a, a lot. I don't know why you guys are acting like that's a lot. It, I can write a thousand words in like an hour. Um, that's my easily. point. But that's it. Um, just kidding. I mean, that, I'm and trying so, to keep it manageable. Yeah. Then what the heck? Why don't you just write ten thousand like? Some, 10, some no, 10,000 is actually a lot to write in a day. That would be like a marathon. Um, but uh, a thousand is manageable. Um, so you'll have 52. So, wait, no. You'll have 365,000 words by the end of the year. Yep. Are you, you going to start our website? Are you going to start our oh, website? That's, that's, that's the idea. Am I going to start a website? Hold you're up. going to start Let's our website, up. the Magic in the no. Attic website. <laughs> And you're gonna I mean, we we should we should maybe get try to get a website in 2021, but I don't want to run it. I'm that's not my job. <laughs> my She's goal. Gonna write on it. I'm gonna make a goal for you. Can I make a goal for you? Uh, okay. <laughs> Matt, no, your you first, can propose one anyway. Your first book is published this year or 2021. Uh, well, I don't know if I can if I can resolve to publish it because that involves things that are kind of out of my control. But I can resolve to finish it. No, um, you can publish stuff like straight through like Amazon now. It's not bad. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, you can. It's very doable. You can. Um, yeah, uh, we will. Uh, yes, the, the, I, I do want to have a book done by the end of the year. So we're we're on the same page there. Um, yeah, that's I'm gonna have an album done this year or 2021. Easy. A personal album or a, a husband wife? Husband wife. Nice. We already got five songs done out of ten. Alright. You ready? It's interesting. So like on my way back from Maybe Ohio, the missing ingredient is me and me and Piano Man need to write songs together again. Dude. From my way back from on my way back from Ohio, like my, my wife and I were just like, you know, I, I turned on a playlist I had on. Bernie Toppin and Elton John. Yeah, yeah. Who didn't write any of his music? Um, <laughs> I, I, we were listening to like just popular music or whatever over the last couple, uh, over the last couple years, um, just to kind of lighten the mood on the trip back. Um, but I, I, I was thinking like I, I've had a couple friends produce music and songs and different things like that, but I will, I will say like listening to the music we were listening to like piano man you're the stuff that you made when we were in college was like legit good you know how sometimes you have a friend make a song and you're like oh that's good because they're your friend like i do I'd believe say, that you guys would have yeah, had success if you safe could've. to say like i mean i'm listening to these songs and i'm like the song color and sound is just as good as what i'm listening to that's popular 
on my phone right now. You know what I mean? Like well, you can thank Preacher Paul for that. Okay, well, you guys should I mean, collaborate together. It's I definitely mean, a, a Walker Brunt song. That, you, that you, like, Clock Tower legitimately had three or four songs that you could sell to one of these bands, and I think it would make money. I really I really think they're that good. I think you could sell your stuff. I appreciate that. But I, so, the whole thing about it is I never would want to sell something I wrote myself. No, and I'm not saying so. you should. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, I have some friends that make music, and I'm like, oh, that's good for you, you know? But I legitimately believe that you have two or three songs that would be radio hits if you would sell them. Like, and that's not just blowing well, smoke because you're my friend. I wouldn't, you know, so. Podcast listeners, check out <laughs> Clock Tower Mechanics album Color and Sound uh, on Spotify. Uh, and I think you're going to like what I got coming out next, though, next year. Yeah, also, also like check it. out. Husband wife, which is Piano Man's new band with his with his spouse, so it's uh it's pretty cool. I listened to one of the I listened to a few of their songs the other day. It's it's uh pretty good stuff. I mean, it's just guitar mm. and drums, no bass, but you know, you, it's so wait, original just white wait, stripes. Just wait, it's just a white, wait a it's a white a stripes second. thing. Oh yeah, first we're, one we're is adding bass is, to the mix. Eh. In the second album. Actually, there is a couple songs of bass that we added. Okay. Yeah. There's some piano on the next one to go with my name, okay. you know? Yeah, of course. All right, cool. We'll look forward to new music from husband and wife. All right, well, I think that's all we got for today on Magic in the Attic. JBM's frozen on Skype again, so it's fitting that I'm looking at his frozen face. Oh, no, he just moved. Uh, I'm like, are you frozen or are you, are you, uh, are you dead or are you just staring at your phone? Um... It's been magical. It's been fun. Join us next time, next year, in 2021. We'll see you there. And closing out, I am Preacher Paul. Peace. The magic in the attic is back at it again. You're just chilling to the rhythm. And then the comes in. Right back and just have a good time Listen to the music and let your feelings fly Grab one of your friends and just sing and dance Sing and dance till the night ends in sweet romance Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time Stop now, we're doing this all night long Cause I just want to laugh it all away Cause I get this feeling that it is going to stay Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time
Good, good time. 